And when I was praying about this service, the Lord spoke to me very clearly about all of you. He shows me the person that needs to hear the message. And he's merciful to me that way. And uh, I'm so, so thankful for being used by him. So if you can come with me to 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. This message is called The Soldier. Second Timothy 2, 3 and 4. Can we put it on the, on the screen? Join with me in suffering. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. Like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. But rather tries to please his commanding officer. And 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul says. Timothy my son. I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Well. According to the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. A soldier suffers hardships. He must maintain a good conscience. He does not get entangled in the businesses of life. He does not fight according to the flesh. A soldier go, goes beyond what is required of him. He's disciplined. He does not get discouraged. Oh, they didn't say hello to me today. Oh, I'm not coming back. He's disciplined. He serves him and always looks vertically. He is always prepared. Paul makes references to soldiers in his letters. And although we with other churches or other uh, yeah, different churches, we may have differences in doctrine. The truth is that the most common illustration that Paul uses is of soldiers and battles. So you may say, well, I accepted Jesus, I'm saved, yes. But like our pastor says, all the promises are there, but your faith has to capture them and bring them down. So sometimes when you have to bring them down, it costs you a battle. Because we live in the flesh. We don't act according to it, but we have a body, and we're here on earth. Paul makes references to soldiers in his letters all the time, all the time. We are soldiers because we enlist automatically when we accept Jesus as our Savior. He is our commander-in-chief, and the Bible is our code of conduct. We are enlisted for eternity. No matter your age, 
how young, how old, it doesn't matter. You can always do something for him. Just ask him, what is my purpose? What is my commission? What do I have to do? See, not because you do everything because you, you have to do deeds. No, it's a matter of relationship. But the work is produced when you love. Love is all it takes. This message has three parts. I'm a teacher, sorry. Three parts. And he's the, here's the strategy for war. First of all, we submit to God. We resist the devil's attacks. And we attack back in military formation. As an army, together. There are no neutral zones. But the best defense is to take the offense. You always have to attack. Don't stay down. You get up and you continue walking. You make a mistake, you sin, and you get up and you tell him, I'm sorry, and you continue walking towards him. You don't go like, no, I can't go to God, I sin. No, go towards your father. That happened to me a lot when I was young, girl. I said, oh my God, I made so many mistakes. And I would just like ignore him, you know, like when you ignore him. And he's saying, you're my child. I love you anyway. No judgment. No judgment. He loves you as you are. And where you are. Spiritual warfare exists whether you believe it or not. Just like the law of gravity. You may not believe it, but if you jump and you're on a third floor, it's going to be ugly. It's there whether we believe it or not. Same thing with spiritual warfare. I'll tell you something. I preached last uh, Friday and I was sitting in my house and I was a little nervous because I had written three messages. And I said, oh my God, I want to give the right one. I want to, you know, I want to really say what you have to say. And then I heard, and I said, oh my God, my whole closet fell down. The enemy is always trying to take away your peace. Always. Don't allow him to. The attack may be there, but your reaction to it is what it's important. Is important. You do not react to the attack. You attack back with spiritual weapons. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And let me tell you something. I've been teaching a long, long time. And many people say, resist the devil, resist the devil. But the most important phrase there is, submit yourselves then to God. Because it is in his strength, it is with his strategy, and it's he the one that is telling you how to fight. Every battle has a different strategy. You need to submit first and then resist. Those of you who go to the gym, as you can see, I don't. The ones of you who go to the gym, 
You know what resistance is, right? When you do weights, or my, both of my, well, my son is not doing them so much. My daughter is into the gym like every day. And resistance is when you use the, the thing he's, I, I, I'm sorry. The, the thing is that you use for resistance. And uh, this is what resistance is. You put weight upon it, weight upon it. Like keep him away. That's resistance to the devil. Resistance. He will flee. He will flee. Believe it. You need to believe it. Let's read 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. The word of God is amazing, don't you think? It's amazing. I'd rather read the word. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But you know what? He thinks he's the lion. But we have the lion of Judah. We have the one that really roars. And the one who is in you is greater than the one who is out in the world. So do not fear what the devil can do. Do not fear him. Do not. Resist him. How do you resist him? Standing firm in the faith. You know that you have a family of believers throughout the world that sometimes is undergoing the same sufferings that you are. And we have a family here in church. We support each other. We have a phone number we can call and say, listen, I need prayer. Without judgment. I need prayer. No matter what's going on in your life. We're here to support you. Whatever you need. Whenever you need There's a program of mentorship in this church. When mine call me and my students call me, they have my phone, they have my cell number. I need you to explain this to me. Can you explain it? I am always there for them. Always. Every time I'm in a problem, in a situation, I look to him, to him. We can ask for prayer. We can ask for support. But the strategy comes from heaven. It comes from heaven. We need to... I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. Maybe some of you won't like it. But we can't be saying all the time, uh, Pastor, can you pray for me? Um, can you pray for me? No, you pray. You stand up and you pray. Learn to pray. Learn to bring everything before him. To his throne. It must be a discipline for you. The reading of the word. The praying every day. Many times a day. It should be your discipline. It is your priority. It's a matter of life and death. Literally. Soldiers pray. And worship themselves. They don't go to the sergeant. And thank you for everybody that has served in our armed forces. We honor you. We honor you. If you're listening to me on social media or you're here, we honor our armed services. I admire them, really. But they don't go to their, to their um, boot camp leader, to the sergeant, and say, oh, I'm hurting. I can't fight today. Can you just give me like a slip so that I don't have to go to war? It doesn't exist. You need to be ready at all times. Ready now. 
You need to obey now. You have to salute the king. I am here. I am with you. I am for you. And I am ready to obey your command. No matter what it takes. You are my priority. Whatever I have to leave behind, I will leave behind. I'm always in position. Always in position. Obeying his orders. You know why? It's the only way to build the kingdom. It's the only way. We need to be united, doing this all together, everybody together. How do we submit to God? Well, we pray, we fast, and we obey. Sometimes we don't understand, but you don't need to understand, see? You need to obey. Because the thing is, he's in a 40-foot ladder looking down, and you are in a labyrinth, and you can't see, but he can see. So we need to go to him in prayer to see the strategy like he sees it from heaven. The battle strategy must always come from heaven. Always. It is a specific design of God that depends on where the enemy attack is coming from. It's not, not going to be the same all the time. It depends. That is why we need to submit every day. Some people say, no, you don't need to fast. Yeah, you need to fast. But you don't need to fast because it's like a religious thing to do. No, you need to fast because the flesh submits to the spirit. And it's a matter of, I don't know, it's a discipline that allows you to hear better. See, because prayer is not so much about talking but, or speaking. It's a lot about listening. We forget to listen Many times we submit and we listen to instructions from a commander, a commander in chief. He's the one that needs to give us the instructions. Prayer is always about listening to his sovereign design. It's about the kingdom. Not so much about, please forgive me for saying this, about a supermarket list. I need this and I need this and I no forget that you're a soldier in a kingdom that needs to be preached people need to know Jesus the time is difficult and it's short we don't have a lot of time get with the program yeah do the prayer do the fasting This is a war of altars. Who are you serving? Who are you worshiping? Who is your priority? Ask yourself, where is the majority of your time going to? Time measures priority pretty much. Money too. Money and time. Where is it going? Who are you going to obey? And this is the confrontation that God... You know, Jesus was very confrontational. That, that uh, gospel about being, I say, butter and, and bread. Nah, he was confrontational. Like, if you don't believe it, well, then you can leave too. 
That's how he was. And today he's telling you, who are you going to obey? Where are you standing now? And where, where will you stand? The thing is, we cannot continue with our prayers. And it sounds better in Spanish, but it's like, give me, but in Spanish the sheep would go, give me. Heal me, heal me. We're sheep. No, we're not sheep. We're soldiers. The mentality is that of a soldier, not of a sheep. Maybe when you came to the kingdom, but not now. How many years have to pass until you understand that you're a soldier? You know, I don't like preachers that say, and I admire their preaching, but... I don't like when they say, oh, I'm broken. No, I was broken. I was. Oh, uh, alcoholism. I don't know what the, the organization is called, AA. Oh, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. No, I was an alcoholic. I am not anymore. Jesus has changed me. His Holy Spirit is within me. And I'm a temple of the living God. So that is behind me. And I shall act. Like a soldier. Let's read Ephesians 6, 10 to 15. And I think everybody knows this. But let's read it one more time, shall we? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of his, this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, so it will come. See? You may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And you, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. How many? All the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Is that the la Oh, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. But let me say the first one again. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The rest of the, of the passage, the rest of it, the whole armor stands upon this knowledge. Strong in him. Not because of our deeds. It's because his strength is the one that allows us to put on the armor. Because of him. It's all about the relationship that we have with him. He is the one that strengthens us. us. He is the only one that can do it. We cannot do it by works. It's by grace. Only by grace. And if we understand this, 
And it's about love. Then we will be victorious. We are in a war. And I think Paul is crystal clear. We strengthen in our Lord ourselves through prayer. The strength comes through prayer and worship. Worship is so powerful. Let me tell you, when you have to preach and the anointing is left behind on the worship, it is so much easier. What a beautiful anointing, really. It is through his strength that we win and it is through his strength that we can put on the armor and can work on both the defensive and the offensive. It is with the shield of faith that we resist. And the opposite of faith is fear, not unbelief, fear. Do not fear because when you fear, you don't trust. And when you don't trust, you don't have faith. Oh, I can't move out because I, I'm not gonna have any money. What? He's the owner of everything. Do not fear. Do not fear. He tells you to do something, you do it. You obey. You don't think about it. You obey. People think too much. The helmet, the helmet protects your thoughts. See, the battle is always in the mind. Don't allow the enemy to be in your mind. Don't allow him to mess up your thoughts. Just say, in the name of Jesus, you have to go. You have to go. And then, we rebuke him and he has to go. He has to flee. Because the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12, right? See, but... There's a manuscript in Greek, and I said it on Friday, that says that the sword is a double-edged sword, but not a sword with double-edged, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to say philos. It's a double-edged word. It's a double-edged mouth. The Lord says one part on his Bible, on his word. You say the other part. When you speak against the word of God, you cannot use the sword effectively. You're becoming Satan's prophet, like I always say. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when you read the Bible, it's like, like a mirror. You can see yourself on it. Like, what am I doing? It's a double-mouthed sword. That's what I wanted to say. A double-mouthed sword. So don't say anything against the word of God. Because it's not going to be effective. The doctor may tell you, yeah, you have this illness. And you go out and you say, oh, yeah, yeah, he's right. Yeah, this is starting to hurt. No, you say, no, in the name of Jesus, I cancel all decree against me. I am healthy. He bought it for me. And I believe it. Don't speak anything against it. Because the power of life and death are in the tongue. 
And there are so many references in the Bible to decreeing. To say it. To speak it. Use it. How God uses it. To bless. To uplift. To renew. To heal. Not to judge. His word is the truth. The supreme truth. What you see is not the truth. Is an apparent reality. What is true is what this says. This is the truth. Everything else is false evidence. False evidence. It's not what you see. It's what he says. It's not what you hear. It's what he says. You see, this, all of this is affected by the world. It's like a computer. The message going in is not really the message. It's an apparent message. It's uh, corrupted. I'm not a computer expert. But the message is corrupted when it goes through your senses. The word of God is supreme. So God has the last word. And we need to grow up a little bit. You start praying. You start fasting. Don't get offended by anything. Don't get offended. It's one of the weapons that the enemy uses the most. With the, with the people of God. I don't know why. Those of us who believe in deliverance. And we participate in deliverance. And we have been through deliverance. We believe firmly that there are so many people with wounds in church. Go through the process and trust the process. Speak to your mentors. Speak to your leaders. Listen, I have some wounds that I need to take care of. And then you will serve better. You will serve better. Don't fall into the enemy's trap. We all have baggage. We come with baggage. But Jesus is here to heal you completely. Soul, mind, body, completely. That's what he wants. Don't let the past define you. That's not who you are. Don't allow this to be a stumbling block. That's not who you are. So how do we attack back? We have a deeper relationship with him. With the beloved. It has nothing to do with deeds. It has everything to do with grace. We can rest in his presence when we can understand our purpose, our mission, everything falls into place. But that is only revealed in his presence. See, when his glory immerses you, we understand everything. We attack by listening to our brothers and sisters who need to be heard. We attack by tithing and offering. Don't get attached to money. Money is nothing. Give to the kingdom. Give. Always give. It's better to be a giver. We attack when we ask our pastors, our leaders, how can we help? How can I help you with the burden? There are temporary tasks and most of the time we climb, we go up. We don't get to where we're supposed to be all at once. We grow. We're in different positions, different ministries. We grow like Paul did. And I am going to suggest a strategy for your thought process, if I may. So that you may enter the ranks of the most important commander-in-chief. Forget about the president. He is our commander-in-chief. 
He is. We obey him. God is calling the church with a capital C to cleanse itself in order to light the lamp of the city of Miami and all South Florida. We need to light the lamp. We need to uplift Jesus. We need to live our lives accordingly and disperse the darkness. And I'm asking you today, are you ready? Are you ready? So I prepared something for you guys. And I hope it's a treat like it was a treat for me. It was given to me as a birthday gift by one of the youth in my church. And I will always be thankful for this. So I believe we have it. I don't know if some of you have it in writing. If you need it, just send me an email. I'll send it to you. And this is a decree that you guys are going to make upon yourselves. Do you mind getting up to do it? This is how Paul saw a soldier. Remember, Paul was a Roman citizen. So he saw the soldier as a Roman soldier. The Romans had the better, the best army in the world. That's why they conquered almost all the world. And when they fought, they fought like this. And the shield was very big. Not how they painted, no. It was very big, very large. And they would do it in formation. First line. And then when they finish, they go in the back. And then the ones in the back come in. And they, what is called, they hold the yard. They fought in a yard. You need to see yourself as a soldier standing with the ground beneath your feet and fighting with all the armor of God. Let's repeat it. Let's do it all together. I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus is my commander-in-chief. The Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of war. I've been taught by the Holy Spirit. Say it upon yourself. Trained by experience. Tested in adversity. And tested by fire. I'm a volunteer in this army. And I've enlisted for eternity. I will retire from this army at the rapture. Or I may die in combat. For I will not quit. I will not sell myself to the enemy. I will not let him talk me into giving up. I am faithful, capable, and reliable. If God needs me, I say, present. I'm a soldier, a praying soldier. I'm not a baby. I don't need to be cuddled, treated gently, or praised. Nor do I need to be encouraged or carried. I'm a soldier, a praying soldier. No one needs to call me, remind me, write me visit me or entice me to do what I need to do I'm a soldier a praying soldier I am not a wimp I'm in position saluting my king obeying his orders worshiping his name and building his kingdom I'm a soldier a soldier of prayer no one has to send me flowers gifts food cards candy or flyers I don't need to be taken care of, hugged or waited on. I'm committed. I won't let my feelings hurt enough to make me back down. I won't get discouraged enough to fall out of rank. I can't lose enough to make me quit. 
When Jesus called me to this army, I had nothing. I, oh, if I end up with nothing, I will finish as I started. I will win. My God will supply all my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always succeed. I can do everything in Christ. I am a soldier. Demons can defeat me. People can let me down. The weather can tire me. Illness can stop me. Battles can beat me. Money can fight me. Governments can silence me. And hell can handle me. I am a soldier. Not even death can destroy me. Because when my commander calls me from the battlefield, he will promote me to captain. And he will bring me back to rule this world with me, with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching and I am claiming victory. I am a soldier marching towards heaven. I am standing here. Will you stand with me? I'm a soldier, say it. I'm saluting my king. He is all I need. I'm more than a conqueror. He supplies everything I need. Yesterday, today, and forever. He will be my all. And I will love him through eternity. More than yesterday. And less than tomorrow. I will always love him. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. 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 The old power.